0: Welcome everyone to the episode of the Culture Shock Podcast. I'm your host, Dave, and today we are listening to part two of my conversation with personal trainer and nutritionist, Karina. You know, on our first part of the conversation, we talked a lot about sort of the makeup of uh, people's relationship with food. In the second part of the conversation, we really focus in on the societal issues that contribute to folks' uh, lack of health. Things like depression, things like uh, stress management, things like uh, the way our jobs push us to be stimulated with uh, coffee and energy drinks and other diuretics. There are lots of things that affect our health that are not strictly food-related and i think too often we ignore some of these aspects of society that don't really lend themselves to helping us be at optimal fitness while the advertisement industry may use hard bodies and bikinis and things of that nature to sell goods to us at the same time so much of the food that is available to us is reduced to highly processed and filled with uh, preservatives. Um, Like I mentioned, lots lots of pushing of caffeine. Millions upon millions of dollars are put into the caffeine industry every year to get us addicted to this idea of being stimulated so that we work harder and longer and skip lunches and things of this nature. All of these things contribute to the state of health in America and maybe perhaps even across the world. So we touched on a lot of those topics and I really appreciated Karina for adding her insight from the perspective of a trainer. While we may disagree on some aspects when when the conversation comes to protein, I appreciated that we were able to discuss that in a civil manner. As a vegan, I have a very strong opinion about the overuse of protein and as someone who implements meat in her diet, she probably has a very different perspective. I encourage anyone listening as always, to do your own research and find the data that works best for you, that is peer-reviewed, and that has a sustainable history of working for folks. So anyways, without further ado, I introduce once again my guest, nutritionist and fitness coach, Karina. It's, it's, it's sometimes hard. People get sticker shock when they see something like investing $300 a month for fitness training. But if you think about it rationally and you sort of move yourself from that initial shock... If you worked out every day, right? Now I'm yeah. not saying. Let's. Uh, I'll make it even simpler. Well, let's say every. Day, let's say every day, just for quick, easy math. You work out sure. every day, three hundred dollars a month. That means you're spending ten dollars a day. Yeah, ten dollars a day for let's say an hour, for an hour of fitness, an hour of coaching session. Yeah. If you can, maybe maybe if you take off your weekends, it bumps up to fifteen or whatever. It's not. In it's really not a significant cost when you look at what it entails and if if you're working out every day or five days a week and and you break out that monthly nut down to the cost per day it's it's actually you know again not everyone has the means and that's certainly fair but if you have the means and you look at your lifestyle shaving off 15 bucks for many people is is doable and for those folks who don't have those means, who are living where like 15 bucks a day is significant for them and they just don't yeah. have that luxury, there are free resources out there if you can find them. And if you can't find them, again, just be mindful of of the things that are affecting your your lifestyle that aren't strictly related to food and exercise. Because I think if you could just solve some... If you could get that extra hour of sleep, if you could... Walk the stairs instead of taking the elevator or walk to work if you can or walk, you know, get up a half hour early. Just be
1: more conscious about your life in general, not even like certain aspects. Just be like more. But we're not present.
0: No. that's And going going.
1: back to like the cost, like an hour session is usually $100. Mm -hmm. So hiring a trainer online for $300 but having weekly calls. First of all, it's already cheaper mm-hmm. because if say we're having four weekly calls, that you know, yeah would be a different price point because that's my time. And second of all, like you have the support throughout the whole time. You can text me and be like, hey, feeling like garbage, like I need a little pick me up, whatever, versus meeting once a week at the gym. Right. There's that, you know, there's that relationship building that comes with that, that is available in the times when it feels less motivating or you're just not there emotionally or whatever it is.
0: Yeah.
1: So, like, that's the thing, like training in person is expensive
0: <laughs> sure yeah absolutely so it was the hospital i had kidney stones i've talked about this on the podcast yeah i had kidney stones in june i was i was i very, remember that yeah i was very ill for about a month and uh i have very lucky that i'm i'm very fortunate that i have really great insurance through the director's guild of america and it still cost me i'm trying to think about how much i paid out of pocket it was a couple grand easy you okay. know with very good insurance I mean, very yeah. immature. It's like the best. And I still ended up paying a fair amount of money out of pocket for that. Plus, not not to mention the fact that I had a stint put through my private parts into my body and the pain and, you know, passing a stone and all that other jazz beyond financial costs that the just sucks about going. Yeah. About the being... hospital
1: stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The, ex- the experience.
0: Yes, exactly. The yeah. experience was horrific. And so when I weigh – having now gone through it, when I weigh – not only the financial component but also the inconvenience to my ability to work and provide yeah. uh inconvenience to basically anything else I want to do other than peeing blood and laying up in the bed um and just the pain associated with it like it's not worth it to me so if i can change my lifestyle habits and avoid that in the future To me, that is money well spent or time well spent or mindfulness well spent because the alternative is excruciating. Like kidney stones. it's It's
1: the same way, like the same thing with paying for insurance, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're paying and you can bitch about it because it's expensive. And yes, it is expensive. But God forbid something happens, you know that there is a backup.
0: Yeah, that's also strictly an American thing. Since I'm it Ameri- is,
1: it's that's, it's a I'm, whole it's a whole different issue.
0: Yeah, I mean, fuck American insurance companies and the American health system as it stands. It's bullshit.
1: But, maybe one of these days, but I I'm not hopeful about that.
0: But to your point, an investment now can help you avoid a negative experience later. And while we're on the topic of the kidney stones. One thing that we haven't touched base on, which I think is infinitely important and I'm obviously very much a culprit of is not drinking enough water.
1: Yeah. I Dehydration is Yeah.
0: I have jokingly said many times coffee has water.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what we wanted to touch on coffee.
0: <laughs> yeah. And if and if if um if you counted the amount of cups of coffee I actually I don't drink as much now since the kidney stones, but if you, if you, especially when I'm on set, and I'm sure for many of folks listening, when they're, you know, at their jobs, when you consider how many cups of coffee you drink a day, easily two to three, right? Some people more. And when I say cups, consider that a cup I definitely,
1: when I had an office job, I definitely, yeah, because it's unlimited it's tea not- and coffee, so you just go and refill.
0: Oh, how weird and, that a yep. corporation who wants to keep their workforce. <laughs> to the
1: sub the substance that will yeah help keep people going yeah
0: please ignore the despair and the dehumanization that we're putting you through to earn your meager paycheck. Here's free caffeine. load up son we're going to overtime and um, some
1: low quality snacks let's go Oh
0: sugar we're, well
1: sugar's energy so you know it keeps you going
0: exactly you know what they don't have in most of these corporations you know what they didn't have at the production company Wally and I worked at they didn't have weed. You know what I'm saying? They don't have anything that's going to chill you out. They didn't have CBD pens, right? Uh, They didn't have a, a calming whatever. They had stimulants. Yeah. Stimulants keep you working, keep you sitting docile in your chair, typing away answering things. Eating lunch
1: at your desk eating, because you're terrified I, to I'm leave the your worst.
0: desk. I'm the worst. at that. I always yeah. eat at my desk. I have a plate of food next to me right now because I was trying to scarf down toast with uh, Vegemite before this thing. So we yeah, do... I,
1: I-, I made sure to eat breakfast before because I was like, I'm going to be miserable through this otherwise.
0: So we... We dehydrate ourselves because yep. a, a cup of coffee is only eight ounces. It's measured in eight ounces. So your average Vinti, which means right, what it is, twenty ounces of Starbucks coffee, even Speaking if it's water, even if it's black, you're already basically getting three point something cups of coffee in your one cup. Right, your one cup that you consider a cup of coffee, you've actually gotten three. And if you also get,
1: depends how many shots you put extra shots. Also in there, depends. That's because there's no mm- limit.
0: That's right, and yeah. and if you uh if you have a cup of those cups of, cups of coffee, which are really three, you've upped yourself to six cups of coffee, and how much water have you had? most of us not very much and if there's anything I can impress upon folks having gone through this kidney stones nonsense, it's drink your water because uh kidney stones have been equated with childbirth for you men out there who think, ah, it's not a big deal. <laughs> There have been studies that have shown that that passing a kidney stone can be equal, if not worse, than the pain of childbirth. And they measured this by women who had both had kidney stones and had children. And they asked them like what the pain levels were. And it's equated. That's
1: interesting. Yeah. Okay.
0: So you're passing a shard of stone of calcium through your urethra. It sucks. And I'm not even going to talk about the stent anymore because it would turn people off, but it's not fun. So water water is something that we do not, huge. we yeah. don't drink huge. enough of and
1: and even if, like there's been a thing going around with a gallon and gallon uh, is a lot of water there are a lot of trips to the bathroom associated with that mm-hmm. much water right but even just focusing on like 2 liters right half a gallon just aiming for that and if you drink more fucking awesome high five let's go right but just but- be careful Being too. Mind- having a cup of water like next to you. So every now and then you look at it and it's looking at you funny and you're like, okay, I'm going to drink you. Cool.
0: Yeah. I used to do the gathering. <laughs> I did the gathering and I actually got a, a kidney infection years ago when I first moved to LA. So it was the uh, winter, winter of 2011. I was in that gallon of water mode that people, I'm an assistive person. You'll notice if you listen to this long enough, like certain things I get way into and I was way into the water thing for a while. So I had the gallon of water and I'm driving cross country from Texas to Los Angeles and drinking water and holding going to the bathroom because I'm in the middle of the desert and there's nowhere Oof. to go. I get to Los Angeles and TMI, my urine is brownish. Well, that's not good. Go to the doctor. You know, the first thing doctors always do whenever you have anything wrong with your urinary tract is like check you for an S T D, right? Obviously. I'm yeah. okay. So first thing they do that, I'm cleared. Which I would have known anyway. And then and then they're like, okay, well, the next thing is probably cancer. Well, fuck. Okay,
1: well, that escalated was, quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it turns out I had in the end I had this has actually happened to me twice, but I've had I had a, a kidney infection. And they supposed that the reason I got it was because I was drinking so much water and not going to the bathroom that I was holding it for long periods of time yeah. in a seated position. Yeah. And and that's what eventually caused it. And, and I think about that, like Number one, people are not drinking enough water. But what they are drinking is coffee. What is coffee? It's a diuretic. Diuretic means yeah. you gotta go pee. And most yeah. of us don't even leave our desk to or go poop have-
1: right a- after. Right. That's why we go poop right after coffee. It just, but, but it's just an many- ongoing joke, but it's true, right? But,
0: but how many people drink coffee and then sit at their desk because they're afraid to get up to go go to the bathroom properly? So not only are we not getting enough water, but we're drinking something that is that is that would cause our body to naturally urinate more often. We don't because of our lifestyles, which means that we're doing damage to our kidneys and we're dehydrating them all at the same time. And I love coffee. I'm not talking bad about coffee. Coffee is one of my first loves. Coffee
1: is fantastic. But moderation
0: in moderation. And if you're trying to get a more healthy lifestyle in this new year, it might be worth looking at your relationship, not only with food and stress and sleep, but with coffee and water as yeah. well.
1: I cannot agree more. Um, I do have not quite as dramatic of a story, but there was, <laughs> we were driving to San Diego in traffic. I think it was like one of the holiday weekends and um, was drinking a lot of fluids and we were just getting, about an hour away where it was just like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try to push it, like fuck it. We're just so close. And I'm the kind of person like if I'm doing under three hour road trip, I try to push through yeah. without making stops. I don't like making stops. We're just like it's it's a mission, let's go. And we had to make a stop and I kid you not, I could barely walk.
0: Yeah. That's bad. That's a bad and, thing. Why are we doing that yeah. to ourselves?
1: I was like, I am in so much pain and I ran to the bathroom, the, uh, the gas station had a line. So I was just like, I'm going to Danny's. I don't care. I don't care what they say. We're going to get a drink, whatever, like take all of my money. I don't care. Yeah. But I, that was recently, and I've never been in a situation before where it's been, I literally was struggling to walk.
0: Yeah. it's fucked up. And that's another thing too. Like this is this this is a tangent but like I fucking hate when restaurants and, and businesses do not let you go to the bathroom.
1: Like it's insane. Yeah. Like
0: like Russia it's a,
1: it's, Russia doesn't even have public bathrooms. Really? It's not a thing. How, I
0: mean, how do the people go to the bathroom?
1: I mean, McDonald's is always public bathroom, but
0: it's a, it's a natural human function. <laughs> Like we can't – like I'm a big I, – I would argue that there should be more portos because especially Los Angeles has such a high homeless population yeah. that, that if we planted more portos and people had a, had the, the ability to go to the bathroom with some level of dignity and and in a timely manner, then that we could increase people's healths and standard of living just by doing that, you know?
1: And in LA, there's another thing where it's just parking somewhere. So you're – you might need to go to the bathroom and you're, yeah, you know, in We're downtown. Like, well, fuck, this is not happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's
1: a- it's a whole adventure of parking, then walking, then walking back. And if you're lucky, you find bathroom in the first try. And then sometimes you got to, you know, keep looking.
0: Well, and I think and that course- I think what this all highlights is that when people look at their lifestyles, their health and their weight. They tend to focus strictly on calories and exercise and fads, right? But yeah. but the, I think what we've all through this discussion have highlighted is that there are societal reasons for which we for, that contribute to our lack of health. And I want to share this story that I, I saw in a podcast. Um, I, uh, forgive me, I forget the doctor's name, but he was focusing on um studies on depression. He had suffered depression and how it relates to um, uh, chemical dependencies with drugs, predominantly. Okay. So there's a famous study that shows that if you, uh, in rats, and I'm not advocating for testing on rats, if you give rats water with cocaine in it, that the, that the rats in their cage will drink to excess and die from the cocaine overdose. And so that led people to believe that there must be this chemical, what's called the chemical hook, that, that addicts us to these things.
1: Substances, yeah. Yes,
0: and that's why we're, we become addicted, right? But what he found was these other scientists, what he found in his studies with this, there was other scientists that said, you know, this rat in this study is trapped in this little tiny one foot by one foot cage. What if we change the basic structure of their environment? And so they built this thing called Rat Park. And Rat Park was this larger area. There were other rats because in the first study, the rat was also in isolation. There were other rats. There were games and whatever rats do for their free time other than cocaine water. (laughs) And they put two water uh, distributors, dispensers in the cages. One was just – was the cocaine water. And one was the water water. And what they found was when you changed the material environment by which these rats lived in, you gave them uh, entertainment, you provided them a sense of exercise, you provided them other rats to have relationships with, there were no overdoses. Occasionally, the rats would drink the cocaine water for a good time. But more often than not, they drank the regular water. Because the... They had
1: other things to distract themselves on.
0: Their yeah. environment had fundamentally changed. And they they naturally chose the healthier, more sustainable option. So as we apply that beyond, because you know there food addiction is a real thing and as we've touched on it, and we've touched on my history on it. And
1: I mean eating disorders are not to be minimized. N- not at so, all. Absolutely, yeah.
0: But I think that as we approach this new year and as we start thinking about how we can get healthy I think we need to look at our environment as a whole and ask ourselves what's contributing to my stress levels that's going to spike my cortisone. What's contributing to my bad sleep patterns? I used to have terrible insomnia, which is why I started smoking cannabis, and ever since I started doing that, my sleep has been better than ever. Like I, sounds, I, used, yeah. I used to drink to go to sleep, which is bad. Don't I don't recommend it, but cuz <laughs> It dehydrates you. It bloats you. It wears you out. It's a depressant. It does make you go to sleep, but then you wake up tired and hungover and sore and whatever else. And then guess what you're not doing? You're not going to work out, right? What's affecting our sleep? What's affecting our stress? What's what's the environment of food that we're eating from, right? Not everyone has the luxury of the Whole Foods and the farmer markets and everything else. Like, you know, there's there's all these conversations about these sort of food deserts in certain parts of the world in the country. Looking but the
1: promotion, the promotion that you need to eat organic beef and grass fed, whatever, and it all needs to be organic, and the yogurts are organic, everything's organic, right? And the thing is, if you are not in the budget for that, eat just regular. Just get chicken, get beef, just get
0: food tofu. that's not
1: processed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get the get your veggies, get your, you know, your rice, your potatoes. Also, pota- potatoes are not the devil. I eat them all the freaking time. And yeah, and just if you can't afford it, don't decide that, well, I can't afford this. So I'm going to go to the other end of the spectrum right, and eat processed foods all the time just no just yes get non-organic and it's just fine if you can't afford it cool but if you can't that don't you stray away from a healthy lifestyle because of that
0: right i mean i we we don't live near one now but we used to live near a dollar store and
1: dollar store has a lot of great options great
0: food i mean i don't know that's organic or not but like They've got some very healthy, cheap protein. Their
1: frozen session, section is great. I did like a little um, TikTok on that when I j- literally went to Dollar Store to prove that there are ways. They're canned foods. Also, misconception frozen foods are worse than regular. And no, they still keep the nutrients. Get the berries frozen, get the spinach frozen, get your fish frozen, get your meat frozen. It's cheaper. Mm-hmm. But it's still the same nutrients, but you're saving money. So, yeah, there is that um, huge feeling that you need to be, it has to be organic. There right. is a trend of organic where that, yeah, if it might be better, but that's not a necessity. Well, plus those healthy those, lifestyle.
0: Those labels are fairly subjective, anyway. What constitutes? I mean, there's been study after study and reports about like stuff that was called organic that was virtually the same as yeah. non organic. It's, it's a marketing play. Yeah, more I, than I read those
1: too. Or gluten free. Yeah. That's that's been something that I've been really annoyed with. Where literally, I would see, I I got grapes that had gluten free on the package, and I'm like. Cool. Well,
0: the, the maybe they're, because
1: there there is no bread in them, like yeah,
0: there's there's magic. obviously there's people with celiac disease and IBS sure. and all that nature. And
1: but other than that, you don't gluten is not bad.
0: No, and in fact, Jess was convinced that I had a was celiac because I would always get bloated and have after yeah yeah, and so because you know I'm vegan, a lot of the food that we eat is gluten derivative, right? There's seitan yep. is gluten and um. So when I went to the doctor for the kidney stones, uh, one of the tests that they ran was for celiac disease, and it came back negative. And what I found was the bloating has largely – once I – and again, I don't eat great still. I'm eating better but marginal. Excuse me. But I cut down on the amount of junk food I was eating. And by virtue of just cutting down on processed, heavily saturated with preservatives food – once I cut back down on that, I noticed you notice that the changes. Yeah. yeah. Like I eat rice very frequently, right? And a lot of people are afraid of rice. Oh my god, you can't have rice. Rice is the
1: devil. Or or it's it needs to be brown rice and not white rice and
0: whatever, dude. Like you know, Yeah, what? it has
1: a it has a slightly different <coughs> nutrient uh base mm-hmm. as far as the, you know, vitamins go. But really doesn't it really fucking doesn't matter that fear mongering of like certain foods are bad is just exhausting
0: right because that's just
1: not the case
0: well because it's designed to have you buy the book that tells you how to eat this way it's designed to make you uh watch the tony robbins type character who's telling you that this is they're a miraculous way. Oh, I only eat meat. Oh, I only eat keto. Oh, I only eat vegan. I only eat whatever. Like the cookie diet, the the fucking whatever diet, the Starbucks diet, the not eating ever at all diet. Like it, all those things, they're designed to keep you spending money. They are not designed to get you healthy. And if, if anyone can walk away with anything, I think that we've highlighted that you can – if you can make substantial changes – To your overall lifestyle, which includes your sleep, your water intake, your stress, your job, your friendships. People don't think about friendships. cut out
1: those toxic people. Cut Cut them off.
0: Yes. (laughs) If there are people who are causing you stress, we haven't talked about this, the fucking internet. If If you're getting on Twitter like me this morning, arguing with dopes that don't know anything about film, guess what? Probably you're going to raise your stress level first thing in the morning. Your cortisone is going to spike. You're going to make a poor eating choice. There are things that people can do that are rebellious against this this church of Mammon, this consumerism, and these this lifestyle that we've that 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 is being oppressed upon us by society. That if we make those changes, you don't have to make. Radical food and dietary changes or workout changes, although you should do both, you don't have to go to an extreme to achieve a healthy lifestyle. A healthy lifestyle can be achieved by making incremental changes in various areas, which will then contribute to you finding more motivation to be more mobile and active and exercise and make a better health choice, make a more thoughtful health choice not to an extreme but in a way that will change your entire environment which will then impact your health more most likely in a positive manner.
1: Yeah, I wanted to add on on that because you you kind of switched it around but all those things that you were saying right the sleep the stress the food uh the working out the problem with new year's resolutions and why they are not sustained people jump in Head first, mm-hmm. changing everything about their life when their life is completely different from that lifestyle right so
0: but do they really tra- <laughs> do they really change <laughs> people, it or do they say it
1: i mean i'm an all-or-nothing person and it's right. taken me years to kind of like find that balance right like and we obviously talked about mcdonald's like yeah like i go and i lift heavy shit and once a week once every two weeks, whatever it might, whatever kind of month it might be, you know, I go and eat something that would not be condemned healthy. And I don't feel bad about it because I know that tomorrow it's back to my regular schedule of programming. Mm-hmm. And people get overwhelmed with, you know, January coming. And it's like, well, okay, this is new year new me. I'm going to eat only clean. I'm going to work out six times a week. Yeah. Y'all, if you're going to set up, if you're not working out currently and you set up an intention to work six times a week, you're not going to stick to it. That's just, that's just facts. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't need to know you. I don't need to see you. Maybe there's 1% of people that are like, just like, I changed my mindset. Like, let's go. But those people are really rare. And yeah. Having multiple habit changes happen all within a month will lead to you burning out, Mm -hmm. resenting everything because Mm -hmm. you will be feeling miserable and going back to your regular lifestyle versus, okay, so say not six times a week, work out once a week, do something for 30 minutes can you do it for a month? Okay, let's add another thing for another thirty minutes. Like let's, you know, keep every um this one celebrity coach, which they're all sorts of problematic in their own ways, but I
0: You can put him on blast, I don't care.
1: Um, I don't remember his name, Magnus right. something, but <laughs> see well yeah. he has never trust
0: um, workout trainers with like porn names. That's probably not the right
1: He's foreign. That's
0: error. A... It's still a porn name. <laughs> Just a rule of thumb.
1: But he has this thing where it's every like fifteen meals or something. Say you eat five meals a day, right? And every 15 meals, in- including snacks, you can mm. have whatever you want. Not track it, not do anything. I don't like that particular structure of it all, but there's a 80-20 method, which is, you know, 80% clean, 20% whatever you want. So just making sure that majority of your food comes from cleaner things. And you know, if your diet is not great to start with, start doing it in the reverse reverse way where you take the unhealthy things and replace them and do the reverse 80-20 when you start adding more healthy and slowly switching that percentage equation Mm -hmm. to where you get to that majority of your diet being healthy so not having like okay today i wake up i eat only clean food i have to sleep for six hours i have to drink water it's overwhelming and it's not gonna happen right most likely so just taking it one day at a time Being conscious, being aware and setting small goals that you can genuinely, realistically, honestly to yourself do each day. Because, yeah, if you say like, I'm going to be working out every day and eating clean the whole time. Guess what? Two weeks, two weeks go by, maybe three, maybe even four. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. And then you're exhausted. You have not had your favorite foods that are in the unhealthy, cold category. You feel miserable, and you're done with it. Yeah.
0: So that's, would...
1: not, that's not a lifestyle change. That's a torture for a month, and then... That doesn't lead to anything good.
0: No, it's a, I mean, there's a whiplash effect. I mean, obviously, when we talk about making changes in your life, we don't mean like go from one day being a couch potato to being a Spartan race runner the next day. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, that's not sustainable typically. And it's not a good way to build good habits because you want to have it replaced, right? If you're used to getting up every morning and getting up on the Internet and arguing with people and then having cereal, Frosted Flakes, and you know, Are you
1: using yourself as an example of this, mean,
0: yes, the first part, but not the frost effects. I'm not a sugar okay. guy, but start making the small changes. Look at take stock of your life and say, Where can I just scale back this? Where, you know, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for reading poetry first thing in the morning. Get up and read a poem. When you read a poem, it makes the, sh- the drivel on the internet so much more mundane. And conversely, when you eat a good meal a properly prepared meal with love and energy and thoughtfulness and, and meaningfulness, it makes the fast food less desirable. And you don't have to do anything extreme. You just will find yourself not that balanced. Yeah. You're just not that inclined as much or as often as you might have previously be. And I'll just interject this one thing as the pesky vegan, eat more plants, eat more Facts. plant-based. And People I, but, don't
1: eat enough veggies to like that's that's a that's a truth.
0: And I and I'm wor- and I'm a vegan and I'm the worst of it. My mom used to call me a a potato tarian because I never liked veggies and fruits growing up. I still don't really like most fruits now. I'm not a sweet person, I'm a savory person. So most I, I even myself who is eating non-meat or non-dairy, I don't eat nearly enough vegetables in mm-hmm. my meals. I don't have yeah. enough color on my plate. And so one small thing that we can do, just a small thing that we can do, and again, this is where the thoughtfulness in your food and your comes from, add more veggies. Veggies aren't terribly expensive. You can get them at the dollar store, eat more veggies. They, they burn in your system uh, more, for at least for me, I won't speak broadly, but for me, I find that when I eat more uh, greens and, and different colored foods, I tend to get full longer, tend to snack less. Everyone's different, but for me, that's how it tends to work. So I think it's worth considering, rather than a wholesale diet, just being like, maybe I should add a second helping of green beans or broccoli or Or, cauliflower.
1: Or do – I do um, greens that I add to water in the morning because Mm. I'm usually – I am guilty of not eating enough veggies, and I'm Mm -hmm. very aware of that. So I will – I – use Legion, but I will get their greens and mix it with water and has a bunch of vitamins. It has some, you know, daily minimum of the things that you're supposed to get, which, you know, in the great scheme of things, like that's already like you start your day with it. You don't eat anything. That's the first thing you drink. Mm -hmm. And you already start your day with like some vitamins and some of the flavors are not great. Some of them are fine, but You pick the flavor that you like and you at least get those nutrients to your body. And another thing with, you know, supplements too, like people being terrified of protein power powders and stuff, and they're not like if you have certain goal for, you know, body composition, weight loss, whatever it is, there are certain amount of protein that you should be eating. And unless you want to be eating 15 chicken breasts a day, which I don't think anyone does. Or if we're talking vegan, that's that's even fuller.
0: Also, you don't <laughs> picture of more food. But we're only talking about people who want to be bodybuilders, right? The average person does not need that much protein to get
1: protein. Still hugely important.
0: Yeah, but like thirty-five grams, you know, up towards no. seventy-five grams. Really, you're like a high-protein person.
1: High-protein person. Interesting. Um, I. I, um, I function personally really good on low fat. I don't think people should be doing as low fat as I do. I just feel pretty damn good on that.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: but protein should be definitely in the more focused protein should be the focus. And then the way you divide your carbs and fats is up to your personal preference. Really?
0: I just think that, I mean, again, uh, I feel like people overemphasize protein, and protein, of course, is important. It helps cell regeneration. All of them are. But if you're not working out, if you're not tearing your cells down, if you're not lifting heavy, then an overabundance of protein could also – I mean it generates all cells including bad ones. That's why there's so many many connections between predominantly meat and dairy and cancer – and I think at least it's worth exploring that possibility that an over an overabundance of protein being eaten every day can lead to negative health um, as well.
1: There's been multiple research to prove that that's not the case, but this is the argument that I'm just going to say right now, we're not going to, it's not going <laughs> to go anywhere because I have very certain stand of point with my research to back sure. it up and you have your research to back it up and not to say that like one of them is invalid, but there's always there are there are research to prove that keto is good.
0: Sure. I'm sure you it's and in some where form.
1: literally like you are fully taking out a group of macronutrients and they're called macronutrients because you need them in macro. You need them in large amounts for mm-hmm. yourself to sustain. And cutting out carbs that are the main source of energy is like anything that cuts out a whole food group is not sustainable. And yeah, of course, you're going to lose a shit ton of weight because you just got out of food group. So, by definition, you're eating less. So, you're going into caloric deficit. You're not getting, you know, whatever, 500 calories from carbs that you would otherwise. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you magically lose 15 pounds in a month. And then. You decide that that's it and you stop and you gain it back because you can't see your life without bread or pasta for the rest of your life.
0: Right. And again, it's, it's, it's moving away from the the extremes, right? Yeah. The, The overabundance of any one thing is usually a marketing ploy. It's usually being sold to people to get them along this one path. And all those diets work because I think you alluded to this at the very beginning, you're you're they get you into
1: caloric deficit, yeah. Right.
0: You're eating less. Yeah. That's how all those things work for weight loss. You typically are eating less that's because – That's
1: kind of that's the that's the whole thing, yeah.
0: Right. But you could also just eat less and and also be in caloric deficit without the yep. extreme uh, restrictions. And so that's the key. Or having,
1: you know, a you know, chocolate bar once every couple of days and it's perfectly a okay.
0: Exactly, if that's
1: your thing, and that's what you crave.
0: Right, and then and then I would also add, everyone is different on this, but for me, weighing myself every day does not is not helpful. Like I typically weigh myself once a week. Once when a I, week, because I feel like your your body fluctuates so much that from one day to the next it can be defeating, as much as it can be empowering. If you're losing two pounds every day, great motivators. Yeah, but when you gain, you no
1: know one no one loses two pounds a day.
0: Right. That's but the that's thing. the scale yeah. will indicate that it's usually dehydration or whatever. But then, you know, I used to get mad at this all the time. I would like, I, I would get on the scale and it would say I lost two, two pounds because I'd been eating really you know, healthy and meaningful for a week. And then I have one bad meal. And then the next day I've gained five pounds. And I'd be like, what, how does that occur? And it's just because it's unreliable data that you're leaning onto.
1: And in women, women specifically, because of, uh, periods and because of having all of those additional hormone fluctuations, you can literally wake up five pounds heavier. That is just the bloat. totally. And that means, and and then, you know, you're off your period or, you know, it bumps up around ovulation. So there are like multiple times when your weight can go up and then that time passes and the weight is back down because it was just water retention or whatever, or, you know, you didn't go to the bathroom the same way you did a day ago. Yep. That's just as simple as that. Absolutely. So yeah, it's a, it's a, the thing is health, healthy lifestyle is something that you, if you want to do it, you want to do it and you do it for a long time. And once, and the thing is, most people get into it, you know, with a goal of, I want to lose weight, right? Like that's, that's a whole world's mentality of, I need to lose five pounds. I need Mm -hmm. to lose 15 pounds, whatever it is. Right. But the thing is, the moment you start feeling better, not, maybe, maybe it's not the scale. Maybe, you know, because there's, there's the scale. There is just physically looking at yourself in the mirror and there are measurements in all of those factors. And BMIs somewhat subjective, right? Uh, there are in-body tests that uh, can tell you your muscle percentage slightly better. But all of those different things to measure your progress have flaws. Mm-hmm. But if you feel more energy and you wake up in a good mood, Mm -hmm. And you, you know, run a mile faster than you did yesterday. Like there are other things, other biofeedback that your body tells you that is not going to show up on this scale, that is not going to show up on whatever, you know, test that you do. But if you're feeling better, do you need an external validation from the scale to know that you're feeling better? Because you already are. Exactly. So people are, and I mean, a lot fitness influencers are, <sighs> most of us don't have a healthy relationship with things. It just, it's just comes with a territory. Like a lot, most people don't have issues, right. With food and body image and especially people who have the need to look the certain way to be viewed as a trainer and that's something that it took me a while where like i know i'm in a good shape but i don't have a six pack but i also know the science because Mm -hmm. i spend months and months and months learning it and focusing on it so i can be the best person there versus people who literally there are people who because there's no requirement for certification or any sort of education to become a trainer right you Mm -hmm. show up and you're i'm a trainer i'm gonna help you and there are all those kids who are usually under twenty-five, ripped and hot because they're under twenty-five. Right. Hey, listen. <laughs> As we all were Everyone all at were.
0: twenty-five can be hot with a cocaine and vodka diet. Literally mean, like cigarettes I mean, and
1: coffee. Let's go.
0: Yeah, it doesn't mean that you you're you know anything about health.
1: Yeah. And they're they're, you know, putting people's lives and health in danger because they're not properly educated on anything related to anatomy and bioprocesses and all of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And people go to them because they're ripped. And right. for me, it was a really, its I mean, it's still hard to dis- dis- dissociate from, you know, not... Like I know I look good, but I know that I don't look ripped, mm-hmm. and it's very hard to just be like, "Well, I know the shit. I'm I'm really good at this. Like I know it. So why does it? Why does it need to matter? You know, well,
0: but, and that's the and that's the thing. I think it's. I think everyone is driven. I think most people are driven by this sort of. Desire to look good naked, right? Like that's kind of at the core what drives so much of this is vanity, and it's understandable and desirability and the societal pressures and certain looks and what have you. But at the end of the day, when it comes to our health, the gurus and the and the health influencers and the whatever, um, they may be good and they may be bad, but but in the end, you should seek to find advice from people who have done the research and who are coming from it from a scientific method of health versus simply looks. Yep. And I think that we also need to broaden our idea of what impacts our looks and our health and make start making the incremental changes to those lifestyles with the guidance of people who are interested in your long-term viability from a health perspective, not simply can you look good for an Instagram post – I think that those are the measures by which we can find long, long-term success. And for anyone who has listened to this podcast and said, you know what, I, I dig everything that Karina's saying, I'd like to follow her Instagram or follow her website or do a training session or go to Equinox, whatever it may be, where can people find you if coming off of this podcast, they want to work with you further?
1: Yeah, so um, my Instagram is where I usually reside most of the time. It's Misfit Vibe, M-I-S-S-F-I-T, and Vibe. And uh, that's my home base. All of the other links are there, but that's kind of where I camp. And there's going to be a YouTube channel coming up with also some good health tips and stuff like that that I'm really excited for. I'm going to be... <sighs> Starting it next year. <laughs> Fucking fine. It's been two years in the making, so I mean, not in the making. I've talked to you about it. Like yeah. I've recorded so much stuff and didn't edit or edited it and hated it. So this time we're doing this. It's happening. I live with Wally. Yeah. I cannot not have a YouTube channel. That's well, not acceptable to me.
0: Well, I'm a big believer that um and I think this podcast is truth. Just be you. You being yeah. you when you put yourself online or in, in any sort of sort of public sphere um it's not going to attract everyone but it will attract somebody so-
1: you know what's weird
0: mm-hmm.
1: once i got a job at equinox i kind of had this pressure of looking like someone on social media not like physically right mm-hmm. speaking of looking like someone also another thing that people are like i want to look like that it's like well you have different genes yeah so even if you work out the same as that person for a year chances are you're not going to look like that because your genes are different and it's going to look different on you so never never compare yourself to another person on internet and want that body because your genetic you know background you never know what's gonna like i'm surprised by where you know this journey's taken me and i've never thought that i would be able to develop certain muscles more than i am currently right so um but yeah something about getting the job is just like it just took off like now i'm just like oh i'm on instagram okay cool but like like i want to post more books because i'm passionate about reading, right?
0: Mm -hmm. I
1: want to keep the, obviously like the health and wellness and food, do more recipes and healthy tricks. But I just, I don't feel, I don't feel the pressure to anymore. And it's kind of great. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, it's good. It's, you should just be authentically yourself. And so folks, I, I encourage you to go check out Karina's Instagram, miss fit vibes. It's a little play on words there um, I think that what you'll get is someone who's coming from a very earnest place. We'll keep an eye out for the YouTube, hopefully in this new year. And and immediately, uh, people will start to realize that there's a better way to approach their overall health. And perhaps you can be that shepherd for some folks to guide them to that more healthy lifestyle. So I want to thank you very much for taking the time to come on the show and sharing your knowledge and being very thoughtful in the way that we approach our, the way we look at health, and I, I recommend again for all people listening, don't just use the New Year's as like a springboard, whiplashing effect. Like if we if we really want to have healthy lifestyles, it's a long term goal. It's a marathon, not a race. It's and a life commitment. It's a life commitment. It's yeah. a lifestyle, but it is a worthy one. Absolutely, and it's a worthy one, and it'll affect more than just your waistline. It'll affect hopefully your entire view on life your mood, your emotions, and your mental state. So, Karina, thank you so much for thank being you so on much the show. for having me. I very much appreciate it, and we will talk again soon. Sounds great. I want to thank Karina once again for joining the show and sharing her insights, her perspective as someone who professionally trains folks to be the best version of themselves that they can be. And I hope that between the first part and the second part of this discussion that when it comes to your own health, you think beyond the diet, you think beyond even the fitness, and you start exploring some of the aspects of your life that perhaps you don't directly connect with your physique, but when you stop and think about it, you recognize it does have an effect on the way that your body feels that, you're, that you look every day. The obsession with caffeine and coffee, jobs that generally glue us to a computer in a seated position for long hours of a time, skipping lunches and working through them so that you can. You know, get that extra little bit of work done before the end of the day. The kind of snacks that are available to us that keep us going, keep us working, keep us pulling the levers and pushing the buttons. The stress that comes from online usage and uh, the, the people that we have around us and reality television and gossip and things of that nature. All of these aspects contribute to our overall health. And I think that it's important for us to move beyond strictly the aesthetics of a body that we feel compelled to emulate or compare ourselves to because it's what's used in advertisement. It's used in advertisement because its desired effect is to get you to buy, not to get you to be healthy. And so if we can move away from those things, if we can start examining the lifestyles we live, if we can start examining the society that we contribute to, and ask ourselves if this society that we have built leads us to be the healthiest version of ourself, not just physically, not just with our diet, not just with our weight, but mentally, spiritually, emotionally. If you are fulfilled, in my opinion, in those other aspects, your body will find its way to a happy place where you are comfortable with it and you are proud of it. And if indeed your desire is to get physically fit, if you do want those abs, if you do want those muscles, if you do want to feel functionally stronger, maybe you want to contribute to some part of athletics or uh, join a martial art, then I encourage you to be consistent, to give it time and to not worry so much about trying to transform yourself with these crazy wholesale lifestyle changes that are not sustainable. Because it's through consistency that we're able to change any aspect of our life that we're unhappy with. And that includes diet. So I want to thank you all. I want to share my appreciation for joining us on this first two-parter episode of Season 2 of the Occulture Shock podcast. I have a lot of exciting guests coming up, and I'm really, really looking forward to sharing their insights with you all. So thank you once again. I hope everyone is having a wonderful beginning of the year. Stay safe out there. And until next time, gold rings on you all.